Hello, everyone. You're watching another edition of the No Vision Internet Radio Show. You know, folks, you know, the thing about this uh, program is to bring you content that relevant to individuals who are blind. And Miss Cindy from Seeing Blind has the perfect content. How are you doing today, ma'am? I'm doing wonderful. How are you, sir? Uh, I'm not doing not too bad. Uh, just so people can know, we'll be showing this on YouTube, <laughs> Twitter, and Facebook. I say Twitter like that. I don't know why. But Miss Cindy, so let's talk about, I'm kind of looking, doing some back research on you, and you have, you have a lot of stuff. You have merchandise. I'm like, wow, that's, I thought I was going to talk to Joe Rogan here for a second. But um, so let me ask you, Miss Cindy, <laughs> can you just tell people your background real quick? Sure. Um, so I, <laughs> I have been, well, I've been legally blind pretty much all of my life. I started losing my eyesight at age five. And it took many, many, many years to, to determine I have Stargardt's disease. And um, so I was legally blind by age 11 or so. And I hovered around 20 over 200, 20 over 400 through most of my teens and early 20s. And then uh, when I hit my 30s and started my family, that's when I hit another huge spike in sight loss. And so I am now... Um, a lot worse than that. <laughs> and so I'm still adjusting to that. And um, when I, I, I used to be a music therapist, and I actually quit my career job as a music therapist to start my family. And I, I just kind of knew in my heart that I was not going to be able to fulfill both roles uh, with and manage my disability. And so um, when I became a new mom and I and I was adjusting to new sight loss and living in the middle of a rural town nowhere in Wyoming. <laughs> I realized, you know, I have had to learn so much and I have had to adapt and I have had to really pick myself up out of rough spots and situations these last few years and discover, you know, parenthood with very little resources. And I noticed on YouTube that I just couldn't really find a lot of parents out there that were big into, you know, sharing tips and tricks and hacks and thinking creatively and problem solving and covering the hard topics and discussing it and, you know, just has a relevant uh, pulse on the narrative across the country as far as the disability community goes as a whole and specifically the blind and visually impaired community. And so I'm like, you know what, if, if I can't find a channel like that, then I need to create one. <laughs> so that's, that kind of, that, that's seeing blind was born in uh, tw early uh, 2020. And, you know, since I am a mom of two littles, it, it's, it is a struggle finding, you know, recording time, editing time and, and posting all this stuff. So it's a, it's been a slow, but it's slow and steady wins the race, as they say, right? So I, I've just been making sure that I don't burn out. I keep at it because I love the relationships I'm building and the content it, it seems to be. Miss Cindy, I have to give you credit because two kids and having your own uh, platform, folks, it's a lot of work. And I'm, I have no kids. I do work full time. I am married, but oh, yeah. having the ability to record, edit, post, it, it normally takes me the whole gamut. It takes me maybe an hour and a half 
per per recording, if not more, and that's not even including uh, post production and past you know pre production. So I gotta I, I tip my hat to you, Vicente. That's a lot of work for for having that content. And Thank the con- you. how do you find your content? Because I noticed on your channel, yeah, you have a lot of. Oh, by the way, how many subscribers do you have on YouTube right now? Oh goodness, um, you know, I looked the other day and it was. Um, I think I'm I'm over nine hundred. I'm somewhere yes. over there, yeah. but my last goal night, is one k. So yeah, well, last night it was <laughs> I'm somewhere between nine hundred and one k. So yeah, yeah, you're getting there. there you go. You're getting okay, there. y'all, y'all pick. <laughs> yep, there, there you go. I keep telling everybody, like, hit subscribe and tell me your number because, and I'm giving a 1K giveaway too. So I'm going to, I do have a merch store. I've got all kinds of, you know, just silly graphic um, designs and stuff that you can pretty much put on any product. And uh, so I've been announcing on my channel that as soon as I give a, do a 1K, I'm going to do a random subscriber giveaway. So um, yeah, check it out. I think what, what I what I like about your content, Miss Cindy, is that uh, you, you make living with a disability not a big deal. In other words, you know, like you said, there's the, the graphics and whatnot. You make it as part of life. And what I mean by that, folks, is sometimes, unfortunately, uh, as you probably know, Miss Cindy, uh, people with disability or visual impairment sometimes don't give themselves enough credit. Or, you know, I can't do this or I can't do that. Just like Miss Cindy, she's a mom of two. And sometimes people are like, wow, she's blind, she has kids. That has nothing to do with it. And that's what her channel brings a lot of content regarding how to live. Like you had that one with the troll rug I was telling you earlier, which I I never thought about it. The little troll rug, you know, whatever, whatever. But you kind of brought more more, uh, enlightenment to that into that subject, something so simple. But how do you get your content? Is that an everyday thing experience? Or how do you, or you hear about something, you talk about it? What do you, how do you bring your content? Well, you know, it's, I'm a little random. I'm kind of scatterbrained. Um, I also have ADHD. So let me tell you, if I don't have, if there's not a pie out there, I don't have my fingers in, um, then I'm, that I'm clearly just haven't jumped on board yet. But, um, you know, I love, consuming other people's content and just seeing what the narrative is. What are other people's struggles and what do I, can I relate to it? And then I also love sharing my struggles and seeing, Hey, can anyone relate to me? I love finding new ways of doing things. And sometimes I creatively find my own solution that works for me and, and I'll share it and post it. And other times I'll find um, other creators that are like, hey, I found this great hack or hey, I found this great tip and um, I'll try it. If it works for me, I'm great. I found something. I need to go share it and I'll try to, you know, I always try to give credit where this the credit is due. But I just TikTok, uh, I just joined TikTok. I'm kind of late to that train. I sort of I got on it like November, October, November of last year. So not quite four months yet. And I'm well over 1500 already there. And so that's grown leaps and bounds so fast. But it is such a fast paced platform. And there I have discovered so many tips and tricks and hacks that has just completely like I, I have a running list in my head, a mile long of content. And, and so as far as I try to just sprinkle things here and there, I've got several series on my YouTube channel from like blind mom hacks, um, just tips, tricks, and products that 
I find to make my life easier and that I think are worthy and of note to pass along to my audience. And then I have an acceptance series for people that are struggling, they're newly diagnosed, or they have experienced a new stage in their life. loss or their just life with a disability. And so we talk about acceptance and self-advocacy. Um, so that series is there. And yeah, there's just, there's parenting series. There's just all kinds of stuff on there. And I just try to just do as much as I can to bring relevant and relatable content that speaks to someone out there who is either struggling or just needs looking for just things that can hopefully make their life a little easier. And that's one of the things that you do, which I like, you, you, you talk about subjects that sometimes people don't want to talk about, or they like, mm, let's not go down that rabbit hole. And mm-hmm. uh, yesterday, um, mm. last night while I was doing some research, I saw one of your videos, and I'm like, you know what, this is one of the things we want, I want to talk to her um, regarding what I heard and which, what, uh, what people's opinion is on this. Is it okay if I play a little clip? Of course, go for it. Okay, this is Cindy from Seeing Blind. This is a clip. I have a little hot topic discussion. This has been a bit controversial. It's been all over TikTok for a while now, but I wanted to bring it to your all's attention here, my audience on YouTube, to see what your thoughts and opinions are and how you break this controversial discussion down. my friends. So this is regarding person first language versus identity first language. So what is this? Okay. Basically what it is when you put yourself before the disability, for example, I'm a person who is blind versus the disability before the person. I'm a blind mom. And that's sort of the basics. It's really kind of controversial, guys, and it really depends on each subsect of the disability community. Teachers, professionals, they're pretty much all taught religiously now. So first person language. So I like your I like the way you put it. I really do because it's really dependent on the individual. Okay. Um I like first-person language, but yeah. what, but you made a good point for what you said. And why do you think it's important to talk about that? What, what's the, the the reasoning for that? Because there is a reason. You know, I know there is. I think, yeah, you know, I love to – so one thing that I have learned, because it's very easy to get stuck in your own lane when it comes to living life with a disability and you forget to that you can learn so much from others that have a different disability. And so I really love to tune into the autistic community, the um, like just the different like chronic illnesses, mental illness communities and such, just to see what their narratives are, to see what their perspectives and opinions are. And I came across this topic actually from the autistic community and I loved, I just binge watched their, their responses and their opinions and their rationales. And I found it to be so enlightening and thought provoking. It gave me so much food for thought that I wanted to continue that discussion with a blind and visually impaired community because I feel like even if it's something that you don't think about or it's something that you've never thought about or care about so much, it's still, I think, important to at least recognize that it 
it is important for some and it may become important to you once you actually begin to think about it and break it down and figure out, okay, well, where do I stand on this issue? I mean, how, well, how do people, how do I want them to refer to me? And I really feel like it's part of that acceptance journey is, is addressing difficult topics like this. Even if you feel like you don't care, you'll end up finding little tweaks in there that like, well, if I apply it to my life, I actually kind of do care. What if I was in a, you know, work situation, professional setting, and someone said, hey, you um, blind person. Well, no, wait, we're in a professional setting. Hey, can you call me by my name, please, sir? You know, I, that kind of thing. And so at first, this topic did not really stand out to me too much until I really started to see the different perspectives and opinions that other disability communities had. And it really started to think about how I interpret it and how I, I guess, feel about it in my own experience as a disabled woman. And I've been that career person. I've had my own private practice. I've worked at, for a big, huge hospital corporation. I've even worked outside the country. I taught English as a second language in South Korea. I've lived in four different states. And with all this experience, I realized you know what? Context matters more to me than the issue itself. I, I, in person, like just casual conversations like this that are just more relaxed. I have absolutely no problem with identity first language. You can, I call myself a blind mom on my YouTube channel all day long and I embrace it. I found my blind my blind pride, if you will. It took me a long time to get there, but I have found it and I am not ashamed of it anymore. I've, I'll whip my white cane out now with no hesitation, whereas before I had some major, major anxiety and um, I just really struggled with acceptance. But now I have no problem with it. And, um, you know, I just, I just feel like um, these type of topics are what really encourages us to self-explore, to self-reflect, and then thus to grow. And I think having the conversations verbally uh, as a community only pushes our progress forward and our growth as a community. Um, and so any and kind I, of positive change, that's what I'm, I'm out for. And I'm glad you said something that, um, that people are listening or watching understand that when you first this is to the listeners. When you first uh, become blind or try to you know, start traveling, I was there, Miss Cindy. I'm not going to lie to you. I was kind of, ooh, because at one point I could see and I transitioned into the what they call the blind world. And But I've always had bad vision anyways. But when I started using my white cane, I'm not going to lie to you. And I, I'm ashamed to say this now, but I was, I was, I'm like, you know what? I'm embarrassed. Kind of bring that pop that came out. I'm embarrassed. But after a while, like you said, the blind pride, you know what? This is me. This is part of me. This change is not designed to find who I am. Mm -hmm. And I'm glad you said that because folks need to understand you must, and you said this, that you have your acceptance series on your YouTube channel. Folks, you need to accept yourself first. Then other people will start accepting you because if you don't do that, and you let people dictate who you are just because you're a cane or you're seeing eye dog. That's where we start having problems, but like you said, progress. And uh, do you have a seeing eye dog, Miss Cindy? I do not. I do not. I am a cane user. I, I'm, I'm 
that's my preference. I'm not really like a big dog lover. We have a kitty cat and he's my cuddle bug and uh, I love my cats, but I'm just not a big dog person. I, I love and appreciate them. I just love and appreciate them in their own space and bubbles. And I like my <laughs> space and bubble. Dogs just, yes, yes. They just kind of get into my bubble a little too much. And um, yeah, I'm just, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm just, you know, one of those people. Well, I, I, I'm like good myself, with my cane. Yeah, myself, I'm not really a, now eventually at one point when I, I guess I get, I mean, I'm getting up there in age a little bit, but I guess when I get older, get a, a, a seen dog. Right now, my cane works great. You know, I'm fortunate to be married and my wife. Yeah. You know, she's telling me, watch out when I, she's watch out and I gotta stop with my cane. But, and that, these conversations are very useful, Miss Cindy, for other people to hear because sometimes they feel alone. And I think your channel could kind of make them yes. feel more at ease. Like, you know what? I'm not the only one. You know, that's embarrassed to use a cane. Or I'm not right. the only mom out there that's visually impaired that has to have kids. So, folks, check her out. Because I'm telling you, her content is... I will not put her on this on this uh, cha uh, channel or uh, this network if I didn't feel comfortable because of her content. But let me ask you this, too. Um, and I'm not sure if it's a little bit off topic or not. When it comes to being... As you know right now, Miss Cindy, and anyone that's listening, when you're visually impaired and blind... The biggest barrier that I've seen is not lack of this or lack of accessible websites or accessible this or that is perception. Because once that barrier is broken, mm. doors open. And I can tell you from facts of my various employment history, I've been fired twice because of my screen reader, but now I have a, a good job. But the point is perception because they, they're going to see Cindy or me and we're successful in their in our own ways. And there's, and then when you say I'm blind, you're blind. Wow, that's neat. That's not. It's just an example of what we could do. But yeah. let me ask you this, Miss Cindy. Uh, long story short, I guess. <laughs> um, <clears throat> being blind, being a mother, and then being a woman in the workplace. For me, I guess it's different because you know guys, ah, whatever, just blow it off. You know, no big deal. They call me this, they call me that, and and it, it happened to me in the workplace. How does it impact a woman in the workplace that's visually impaired? Well, you know, um, sadly, it's so I worked in pediatric oncology. Um, so I worked with kids with cancer for five, six years or so as a music therapist. And this was back when I had probably my vision was around 20 over 400, maybe 20 over 600. And I had not fully embraced my cane at this point, though I should have. It was, it was like right on that borderline at the time. And I was just more focused on my career than personal development, if you will. And I, at one point during one of my sessions, I can't remember how or what happened, but something that I did, I can't remember if I maybe stepped on a kid's line or what, but he was receiving chemo at the time. And I and it any, anyway, his chemo that was going through his port got detached because of something I did visually because I do, I do not see lines and I don't see IV poles and things like that. And so usually I let everyone place themselves and I'm usually always seated. I always had assist, you know, nurses or people that would just help bring, you know, get the patients settled. And in just the movement and activity of the session, 
I somehow must have stepped on his line and it detached. And so then chemo went splashing, like it puddled all over the floor. And it was just, a, it was kind of a big deal. It became a liability. And that was really when no one, I, I loved my colleagues because no one once blamed it on my blindness. And it was simply one of those freak accidents that it really, it does happen from time to time to anybody. It could have had, I mean, anybody, it wasn't necessarily due to my blindness, but yes, I could not see it. <laughs> um, so I do accept responsibility there, but the, my point here is that I really became more anxious of the liability of my disability at that time. And I knew my vision was only getting worse. And I was so just brokenhearted over the situation, but at the same time warmed that my colleagues did not make it out to be a blind issue and make it into a bigger deal than, than it was. And that's so I, I was just very fortunate. And, and I'm glad you said that, Ms. Cindy, because things happen, folks. And, and yeah, you, know, you, you might do something and... Oh, you're because you're blind. It happened. No, not necessarily. Not necessarily. Because there's been times that I've done things. Yeah. And you know, somebody say, "Oh, because you're blind." I don't. I beg to differ. It might have been because you know whatever. But the thing is, but and at the same time, Miss Cindy is is good that you. By hope by this conversation, encourage those individuals who are blind, young or old, to go back into work. Don't be afraid. To, like you said, don't be afraid. Yeah. You know, I might be a liability. Anybody's yeah. a liability, really, if you think about it. Exactly. Exactly. And there's always ways to adapt and adjust and to figure out, okay, what do, what can I do to help prevent this from happening? But like, you know, I break glass all the time. Well, heck, so do bartenders. You know, everyone breaks a glass <laughs> yes, from so. time to time. But we, I mean, I, I'm more likely to do it if someone places a clear object around me. <laughs> but, you know, the, the point is just that it's not isolated to only, those type of common mistakes are not only isolated to us. And so to call it out and then it, it's it's kind of our go-to innate internal battle we have as disabled individuals we want to internalize it negatively because like oh because I'm blind I broke this or because I'm blind this work incident happened and I keep I, I just I had to stop myself from going down that path because I found it to be taking me to a unhealthy mental place yes. It is not only because I am blind that these things happen. It is simply that I have not adapted, adjusted, and accommodated for it. Yep. I could still do these things. I can still have clear glass. In fact, I still have clear glass throughout my entire house, but I've adapted. I have little tips and tricks and hacks that I use when I'm drinking out of a clear glass. I have little tips and hacks and things that I do when I walk into a hospital and I'm around IV poles and leads and lines and things. I have at every situation setting, it's, and it becomes unconscious. It becomes so habitual after so many years. And I always tell people like, hey, if you're new to sight loss and everything is still so overwhelming and you cry every day, I tell them, cry every day. Do it because it's okay. And it's part of loss and you're grieving and that is part of it. But 
And but every day is just one little baby step, and eventually it will become normal. It will become habitual, and you will become more comfortable in gaining control of your life back again. But it just takes learning what your preferences are. What what ways do you prefer? What works for you in adapting? What tech and equipment and accessibility um, gives you the results that you're looking for? And and finding all those tips and tricks takes time. So and that's, there's, there's one that's thing, my big spiel there. No, no, no. Because there's one thing that I've done or I used to do. It was so annoying. And this I do contribute to me being blind. Okay? This is one thing I would do in the restaurant, here at home, go to a friend's house, tip glass over. I would tip the glasses over. And I'm like, why? I would reach over or I'm eating <laughs> and talking to friends. And then I just forget the glasses there. Boop! I hit it over. And so one day, yep. a friend of mine, he's like, George, and he's, he's, he's blind too. And he's like, why don't you lay your hand on the table, slide it to the glass. And then I'm like, ooh. So ever since, I, like you said, I adapted. So now guess what? I don't tip the glasses over. I don't feel bad. Like, oh, my dumb, my dumb blind butt spilled the glass over. It wasn't that. It wasn't because I didn't adapt. Exactly what you just said, Miss Cindy. You know, um, adapting to things in the house or outside makes your life easier. And going back to what Miss Cindy, Miss Cindy's channel, Seeing Blind, she has content that would do that, folks, because at the end of the day, no matter what we're doing, we're blind and we have to live with it. How we live with it is up to you. That's right. You know, so how you're saying about the the adapting to stuff, which is so correct. Um, let me ask you one thing. When it comes to, like, cooking, I don't cook. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm, I tell people, don't let me, not because I'm blind. It's just my, <laughs> my lazy butt don't like to, clean, to cook. I tell people, if you let me cook, I I'm going to either. It's not my forte either. No, it's not. I don't, I don't like it. So cooking for you or anyone that's actively cooking, you know, in the household, is it hard or harder to do or not? When it, when you figure out what works for you and it just becomes so, part of your routine you don't know anything else you don't know any better you, it's like you don't know what you don't know type of scenario True. and because i have no idea what it's like to cook with vision to me what i do in the way i cook is normal <laughs> yes. and everyone who is sighted is the odd one do you know what i mean and and does things differently so you know, it's all a matter of perspective and shifting your worldview. And I think that um, I, as as someone who's visually impaired, you know, I've been so for so long that there's so many things that I have learned to do that I forget is not how everyone else does it. And it's kind of like what you were saying earlier. I wanted to, to um, reflect back on what you said, like one of the hardest challenges for you is, is just like the world's perspective and how that would open, you know, if that were shifted, it would open up more doors and opportunities for us to, to live without barriers. And I think you're totally right. It really is. Um, we kind of live in a society and culture that doesn't have enough exposure to individuals with disabilities, especially the blind and visually impaired community. And because of that, they don't re they don't think about accessibility and they don't think about how we do things or how we can do things. And, and that just because we're blind, it doesn't make us special. It doesn't mean that 
because I can cook as a blind mom that I'm somehow some like superwoman like no no I am do do not put me on a pedestal simply I'm just doing it differently that's all that's all it's just adapting um, everyone has their strengths and weaknesses we we must have been separated at birth you must be my sister because what you're saying is so true because I tell people this at work (laughs) people tell me I have one uh, because where I work is Texas Attorney General and there's other I'm not I am not an attorney but other you know attorneys that work in the office one of them came to me like, George, you're such an inspiration. And I told this person, you know what? I'm oh. not, I don't want to be an inspiration. I want to be an example. I want to be an example of what someone that has yes, a vision sir. can do. And I think that's important what you said. And those who are listening, never put yourself that I'm special because I do this or do that. The reason I asked Miss Cindy that question about cooking is so, we, so you can understand to adapt to what you're doing. Because I know people that are mm-hmm. sighted, that fully sighted, that burn the food all the time. Okay? That doesn't mean because they're, they're not blind, right? <laughs> but you have someone that's blind and does the same thing. Oh, no, because they're blind. But the point of what I'm trying to say is adapting to your skills. Now, like you just said earlier, way earlier in the conversation, Miss Cindy, your skills are my skills to your skills. Your your skills are a lot more broad, broader than mine because you know, I'm just, I go to work, come home, do this podcast, and when, but my skills are not there like yours, but the skills that we do have, we learn how to adapt them to our life. Okay? And what I mean by that is, like, for example, yeah. you might have a tip for a white cane that I don't, for example, the simplest thing, folks, even the tip of your cane, some people use it, the, I guess they call it like a ball, or some people use a cone, or just a flat. Yep, I love the rolly ball. Mm-hmm. Oh, the rolly ball. There you go. And that's or the thing, marshmallow I tip. Yeah, 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 yeah. I just use a regular tip tip. But that's what I'm saying. Whatever you need to do. Oh, like the straight tip? Yeah, that's one I use. So let me ask you this, Miss Cindy. Um, now that you're, you know, getting those viewers, especially on TikTok, do you see it's more important to talk about accessibility or is it more important to talk about life skills when it comes to living with a disability? What's your opinion on that? Oh, man. Those are both huge, huge, huge things. Accessibility or, um, you know, the a fact of life is, and because unfortunately, I don't think in our lifetime that our culture and society is going to change 360 degrees and all of a sudden universal design is going to be everywhere and there's going to be zero barriers for anyone with a disability. I just don't quite see that happening in my personal lifetime. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So with that being said, knowing that you're never going to have 100% accessible life options out there, no matter what you're doing, everything's going to be 100% accessible. I would thus then prioritize adapting and gaining the life skills to accommodate yourself because I think that is something that if you are strong enough and you have the emotional the mental uh, capacity and the creative thinking and problem solving to combat every situation that you find unacceptable like inaccessible then you're going to be able to overcome that you're going to be able to still move past that um, we, accessibility issue. And I think what you're saying about the life skills, folks, is that, you know, I I 
I'm not sure if you've seen this, Miss Cindy, but I've seen it many times in my life. Okay, so quick story. I knew a young man. Uh, I mean, young, like, I think when I first met him, he was nine, eight years old. He was totally blind. His mom and dad could see, they're sighted. So, going on in the world, you know, moving on, moving on. So, go forward 10 years. I see him at a conference. This is when I still had vision. And I'm, I look over and I see him. Now he has a little goatee, like a little young man, you know, like 18 years old. I'm like, hey, cool. So, I'm walking up to him. And as I'm walking up to him, his mom is feeding him. So I'm thinking he must have had a stroke. He can't use his arms. Wow, right? So I walk up to him. I'm like, hey, how is Joseph doing? What happened? She's like, what do you mean? He goes, why are you feeding him? Did he, did he have a, is he okay? I'm talking to her so he can't hear me. She goes, oh, no, 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 George. I'm feeding him because he's blind. 18 years old, folks. 18 years old and his mom is feeding him. So five years later... Yeah. I find out that his mom, due to uh, uh, due to uh, diabetes, she went blind. So this kid's a kid, a twenty three year old oh. man, with no life skills, and that is a scary proposition because what happens yeah. after his mom passes? Yeah, that's what gains you self autonomy, and I think, you know, anyone who has kind of reached the, you know, just the they've kind of moved past the grieving processes and the, the denials and the voidance process of acceptance. And they move into this area of, of, you know, this, their desire for independence becomes larger than their fears and their anxiety. And so when they move into this, you know, this, you know, I want to gain my independence. I want myself autonomy that is where your self, your the motivation to learn all these life skills and to stop depending on others in your life and using them as a crutch. Uh, that's where you start to realize, okay, I, I need to stop this because you you begin to take them for granted, yes. and then that's when the feelings of feeling like a burden will kick in because there's an imbalance in the relationships in your life. You are codependent. You're depending on them too much instead of finding how you can find your own independence. That way it balances things out. You find out, okay, how can, what can I bring to the table and what can I take off their plate? And finding that self-autonomy is so empowering. It is so empowering. And that's when you realize that, you know what, I'm no, I'm not better or bigger or badder or less than anyone else simply because of my disability. It just means you have to do things differently. You have to find your inner strength and you have to, once you get to that healthy place, your desire to be the best person you can be to live the best life you can will come out. And, and I feel like that self-autonomy is, is right there to grab and to learn and, and to push forward. Yep. And uh, man, I hope people are listening to her words because that's so true. And I think what it is, Miss Cindy, <clears throat> living, you get to an age or a time in life where you're more mature. Because we're, you know, we're younger, you know, you know, you just go to life. And then I always say that in the pursuit of happiness. But once you get to a, a level or, or a, right. a, a point in life, you start understanding like, oh, this is why this would happen. Or, oh, that's why I did this. And, but then you start adapting it to your life, 
for example, when I was tipping over that glass, I could have been saying, oh, because I'm blind, mm-hmm. forgive me. No, I learned a skill to run my hand, something so simple, run my hand, touch the glass and grab it. Those are the things that we, yes. people that are blind and visually impaired, need to start doing for ourselves, like Miss Cindy was saying. And I'm glad you said the crutch thing. Don't be a, I'm like, oh, no, she did not go there. She went there. But the thing is, it's true. We should, especially the young ones, don't use your, your parents as a crutch. You yeah. be independent. I was just saying, I know it's really, really hard. I've, I've had a lot of sighted parents come to me and they say, you know, my child is visually impaired and blind and, and they are heartbroken. And they feel like, okay, you know, I'm going to have to take care of, of my child th- their whole life. And, I, mm. and I'm like, no, <laughs> no, no, they're going to be okay. They're going to be like every other child. You might have to organize your home a little different. You might have to have different routines. You might have to have, you know, a certain organization to your home. But social life will still be the same. It just means that you might have to do things differently. But doing things for them, Eh, don't mm. do it because do then it. they won't learn those life skills. Let yeah, go. you can't. And so there is a there's a fine line. Yeah, you have to learn to let go and let them discover and explore and learn their world on their own terms. And uh, that's just that is the biggest life lesson I think parents can give their children is to learn how to navigate it on their own steam and if you do everything for them simply because you feel terrible as a parent because my oh my gosh my child has a disability you, you it's hard not to do everything for them because you don't want to see them struggle exactly and like I that said, struggle like, is where the growth takes place like i was going to say earlier um i i know of another 16 year old well he's probably older now but at that time he was 16 years old and his mom was tying his shoes this is another gentleman okay so I'm like, wow, oh. that's kind mm-hmm. of scary. But the thing is, like Miss Cindy was saying, is at the end of the day, folks, it's up to us to define ourselves. And you said something very, uh, and I wanted to go back to what you said, self-advocacy. That's very important. Even yes. in school, in work, in everyday life, Oh yes. speak up for yourself. Don't be afraid that, oh, no, I don't want to rock the boat, or I don't know, don't. You have to, because you know why, folks? Let me tell you why. And Miss Cindy, I don't know if you, if you will agree with this or not, but if we self-advocate for ourselves, guess what? That might help someone that's behind us. That might help someone that's going to come down that's the right. same situation, and if you self-advocate, that's going to help. What do you think about that when I say that? Yeah, I think you're right, because it's, it's increasing exposure, Mm-hmm. And it's it's broadening their perspective, like we were talking about earlier. And the only way we're going to do that is to take every opportunity we can to make it a learning opportunity and to and to communicate with others. And in self advocacy and advocating our needs, uh, what accommodations we require, all of that is only going to to help others learn and expose them to individuals with disabilities and help shift their perspective and worldview towards individuals with disabilities that they they begin to say, oh, well, she's no different than any other employee. We just need to get her some special software on her computer. Or, oh, this person is, uh, you know, no different. We just need to make sure he has wheelchair access or, you know, whatever the case may be. And so 
I think that self-advocacy is another huge communication skill that is like everyone talks and jokes about how uh, communication is key in marriage. Well, communication is also key to a happy disabled life. And it is its own separate skill set of being able to communicate and identify what your preferences, your needs, your accommodations and such are. And if you can't speak up, if you can't find that strength to stand out from the crowd and say, okay, I understand you need me to do X, Y, and Z, but in order to achieve that, I'm going to need A, B, and C, um, you know, kind of things. And so it, it takes strength and it takes a lot of courage to step away from the crowd and it, because it, you almost feel like you, like no one wants to be an inconvenience. It's, it, like I was going back to what I said, the education, uh, the work environment and the social, even in, in the marriage, everything. For example, my wife is sighted. I'm blind. So when we got married, we've been together seven years. So like how you said, and it, you kind of hinted that at, at this, you said to certain ways you have the home. What Miss Cindy means by that, those who are sighted, that are listening, is that we get something in our head, like for example, I left my cup here on this table. I know I left it right here by the edge, so next time I want to come to it, I'm going to come to the edge of the table, and there it is. But if my wife cleaning and she moves it to the other side of the other table, I don't know it's there. So my wife had to adjust, like for example, in the in the kitchen, I asked her. After the first 10 times yeah. I came my head on the, on the counter, on the drawer, on the cabinet, I asked her, can you please close the door, <clears throat> excuse me, after you use it? Because she was using it, you know, being single and whatnot. So when I would go in the kitchen, she had the door open, book, I hit myself, like kind of the, the corner would hit my head. So it, communications yeah. is throughout your life. Right, Miss Cindy? I, I was just thinking, yeah, you know, living with someone or and working with someone, I think I did, I did a video, I think on that, uh, I don't know, about a year or two ago on, uh, you know, if, if, whether you're living or working with someone with a visual impairment or on the spectrum of blindness and how, yeah, there, you will have to accommodate and be considerate of their space and where they like to structure and organize their space because when you move things in their space it's not we we don't have the vision to to search and to find like sighted people do and uh yeah so our homes are very much everything has its place and everything is in that place (laughs) and we do our you know one thing as a parent that was the hardest thing was getting used to toddlers who do not understand that (laughs) and so uh i had to get used to stepping on Legos and crayons and dried Play-Doh and oh my goodness, I, it's been it's been an adventure. Let me tell you, as a blind mom, but I love. Well, you could do it, right? It, but living and working with us is uh, absolutely, absolutely. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Um, I've started wearing shoes, so <laughs> that problem. I don't have to step on them anymore. You know, it's like me here <laughs> at the house. Simple little things. Yeah, here at the house we have small dogs, and uh, when we first got to you know, the puppies. And I guess after a while they learned when dad's walking down the hallway, we'll get out of the way because he's going to step on you. So sure enough, my wife laughs sometimes. I'm walking into the living yes. room and their dog get up from the floor right away. And they're like, yep, they know it. 
They know if they don't move, they're going to get stepped on. And, you know, it's, it's just a funny thing. My cat does the same thing. Yeah, yeah. So let me ask you this, Cindy. Uh, my cat will always jump up next to me in a chair. Like, hey, I'm here. <laughs> right? Like, I'm, I'm here. Don't, don't do nothing. Yeah, yeah. Um, don't step on me. I'm not on the floor. Right? Yes, yes. So let me ask you, Miss Cindy, um, we're coming to the end of a great conversation. I hope you really come back. And I, I, think, I think this type of conversations are needed for our community because there's sometimes topics that people don't want to talk about or just feel that, oh, I'm the only one that's struggling through depression or I'm struggling to do things in life and, oh, poor me, I'm blind. No. Yeah. It's not because you're blind. Like Miss Cindy, she put it the perfect way. I never thought of this. Adapting to your to your lifestyle, adapting to your skills. That's all it is, folks. It really is. That's basically how it is. It's nothing simple. You're not a special super person. You know, now if you can eat twelve donuts in one shot, okay, that's a special person, right? But what? Uh, so I think <laughs> uh, you know, I invite you to come back, Miss Cindy, because I think this, these types of conversations are needed, are needed to be heard. In a sensible, simple, in a sensible Sorry. way, uh, and not to for, for people to feel bad. And there, there are, like you said, unfortunately, there's not a lot of resources out there. Now there is one, of course, the Seeing Blind channel on YouTube, and you're also on TikTok. You said. <laughs> yep, Seeing Blind One Hundred and One. So it'll. I'm on Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, you name it. Uh, I'm, I'm, I try to hit all the main platforms. I'm not as active on Twitter and Instagram. They're, I find them a little extra visual for me, but I do, I'm very active on YouTube and, and TikTok. So you can definitely find me there at Seeing Blind 101. There you go, folks. And your website. I do. The website is always linked in at the, in the description boxes of my YouTube channel um, videos, as well as on my TikTok profile. And you can usually find always find my website in the bios. It, it is a, um, a a Google site. So yeah, check that out. You'll find all my platforms there, as well as there's a tab for all my favorite products and things. I always try to always pass along Amazon products and just different things that I find in, in stores and retail market that make my life easier and how you can use it creatively to do so as an individual with disabilities. So that is all also linked on my website. And I, I was imp- I'm not going to lie to you, Miss Cindy. I was kind of jealous. I'm kind of impressed because I've been doing this social stuff or <laughs> podcasting. I've been doing it for a good uh, nine years. And when I saw your 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 that, oh, that wow. website, when I saw your website, I'm like, wow, this is pretty neat, pretty good. And mind you, folks, she's got she got two kids, a house to run, and I'm like, wow. So I I, yeah. I, I got like I said, I tip your, your my head off to you, Miss Cindy. Are you on Facebook? Oh, thank you. Yep, I got a Facebook page as well. Yep. Okay, so folks. Um, well, Miss Cindy, I hope yep. that you come back to you know, for more conversations. And oh, before we leave, I do want to mention, folks, if anyone wants to come on board to talk about issues like what me and Cindy are, or invite Cindy somewhere, you know, reach out to her. If you want to reach out to us, just email info at novisioninternetradio.com. That's info at novisioninternetradio.com. Or call our number, our toll-free number, 1-800-219-6663. That's 1-800-219-663. Miss Cindy, before we leave, any last words? 
I know. I just appreciate you, George, so much. Thank you so much for inviting me and having this discussion today. And yeah, I, I hope the audience, I think, I hope it, it was food for thought and benefited and everyone found some value in it today. And folks, this, uh, this podcast is going to be available on our website, novisioninternetradio.com later on. And I want to share it on Facebook. But if you know someone you think can benefit from this kind of conversation, let them hear this. Let them hear of two people that have gone through life with a visual impairment and have, and have made it. What I mean by made it is we made our own life the way we want it because we adapted to it. And I appreciate you, Miss Cindy. Hopefully that you come back to the show whenever you want. Yeah, thank you. Everyone, thank you for listening to us. Absolutely. And we're almost an hour there, Miss Cindy. Not bad, too bad, huh? <laughs> All right, everyone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. All right, thank you, folks. Thank you, Miss Cindy. See you later. Bye.